Kia ora, I'm Damien Benito, it's May 24th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. It has just been confirmed that Auckland City Rail Link opening has been delayed yet again, pushing out the opening date to 2026. This comes off the back of numerous earlier delays and cost blowouts that will only exacerbate the level of frustration in the city. So how much longer will Auckland's inner city remain a construction site? What has gone wrong with this project? And could it have repercussions for other major infrastructure plans around the city? Today, on the front page, NZ Herald senior journalist Bernard Orsman takes us under the surface to find out what's going on. Bernard, let's start with the basics. What is the CRL? Okay, the CRL is a new rail link between Britomart and the central city and Mount Eden. The opening of the city rail link, or the CRL, has just been delayed. And it's been delayed again and again and again. So why has it taken so long to finish? I mean, with any major project, there's going to be delays. No doubt about that. When it kicked off in 2016, they were talking about sort of 2023-24. And for much of last seven years, they've been sort of planning towards the end of 2024. But then COVID hit and there were delays because of that. And a few months ago, they came out with a new price and a new timeline, which was sort of towards uh, the end of next year. So it isn't only the date that's being pushed out. We've also seen a few cost blowouts. How how much is this project going to cost the country? Well, the current cost is about $5.5 billion. How does that compare to what it was previously? Because we have had these increases in estimates and the cost of the project. Well, in the early days, I think it was costed at about $2.6 billion. So you've seen significant cost increases over that time. But also at one stage, they did sort of put in provision for longer platforms to take longer trains. And also at K Road, they were only going to have one entrance, but they decided that it'd be best to go with two. So the scale of the projects changed over time as well. So it's not that the estimates in the beginning were wrong. It's more a case of the fact that the project's evolving as they're working on it. Yes, exactly. Can you remind listeners of who exactly is building the CRL? I understand it's not a local company. No. Well, um, it started off with different contracts at the outset, different companies doing different contracts. Then they went to the main sort of tunnelling contract. And around that time, there was an Australian company they hired to do some of the fit-out works, and that company sort of went tits up. And so they put all the final contracts into one, and that was won by what they call the Link Alliance, which is made up of a number of companies, including a large French company by the name of Vinci Construction. There's a couple of other overseas companies and a number of New Zealand companies involved with that, like Downers and one or two others. What is the reason for them going offshore for this contract? Does it come down to the skills that are necessary? Well, I think what Vinci Construction bring to the project is that expertise in tunnelling. I mean, Mm. um, it's a very specialist field and we don't have those skills in New Zealand. Are you confident that people will be riding the city rail link by November 2025? No, there's virtually no chance of it. We will hand over the railway to AT and Kiwi Rail and sometime afterwards they will start running passenger operations. What's been the reaction from the public to this changed opening date and how surprising is it that it's been pushed out yet again? Well, 
the surprise is, I think they said that the project was going to finish at the end of 2025, November 2025. But what they didn't tell people at the time was that is simply the handover date. And once the project's handed over from the Link Alliance, then the project is taken over by Auckland Transport and Kiwi Rail. And then they have to undertake a whole new series of tests. And those tests are going to take several months at least. So that's how we get to sort of mid-2026. But Sean Sweeney, the boss of CRL, told me yesterday that you know, people need to understand that numbers could change a lot. And he was very reluctant to sort of be specific about the time frame. But I think there's a reasonable chance that, you know, it could take longer than six months. It could be 2027. We just don't know. So, I mean, is there any chance that during the testing phase they decide that it's safe enough and that it's actually brought forward? Or does it generally move in the opposite direction? Sean Sweeney said that the amount of testing that goes into a project like this is almost the same as it goes into sort of a new aircraft. There's all manner of tests that have to be undertaken and signed off before they can start running trains. I mean, one of the big risks, for example, is they have to test it for a fire inside in a train inside inside the tunnels. I mean, these kind of measures are really complex and take a long time to nail down. And you don't want something to go wrong because that could end up hurting people, right? Oh, exactly. I mean, it's a safety issue. Now that the tunnelling is finished, does that mean that the affected sites on the streets will be able to be reopened in the coming months? Surely that 2026 opening doesn't mean the roads will be impacted for that entire period. To be honest, I'm not sure exactly when the roads are going to be opened. A date hasn't been put on it, but what I do know is that the businesses are really hurting. Uh, a lot of businesses have been impacted by by this project over several years, and it's been the biggest downside of this project is the impact. Moy is pleading for support, saying city rail link construction has pushed her to the brink of bankruptcy. Like it's sometimes noisy and smelly. Sometimes very quiet, like this time, you see, no, no, no customer. Like today, no customer. Very difficult to organize. What are some of the worst stories that you've heard from business owners in that vicinity? Oh, look, I, um, I once interviewed a woman owner of a tourism shop in Albert Street, and her hair was falling out under the stress of the business she showed me photos of her hair and it was just oh, it was just it just it was just terrible awful i mean the, the it's not just the financial impact on businesses it's been the, the mental impact as well coming to work there's big fences outside your shop there's dust there's dirt and there's no customers their income has just sort of fallen from what was you know an income to virtually nothing. Do you think that that's also affected the mood of the inner city in general? I think it's affected the mood of Auckland. You hear constant stories about people saying that they'll never come back to the, the city centre because it's just not an attractive place. If you're finding this episode of The Front Page interesting and informative, be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio or whichever podcast app you're using right now. Every listen helps us keep you up to date with the stories that matter.
Bernard, you did recently get to go underground and see the tunnels and early work on the stations. What were your impressions of that little site tour? It is really mind-blowing, and people are going to love it. Yeah, the scale of the project must be incredible. Oh. I mean, we spoke about the Waterview City Tunnel in the past. Yeah. Uh, how does this compare to that? Well, it's different. I mean, I've lived in London. I've been to New York. I've been to Paris. I've traveled on the London Underground, the Paris Metro, the, the New York subway, and it's just like that. It's on a scale that people, I don't think, can really comprehend. I mean, these platforms are 200 meters long. They're built for nine car train carriages. Just amazing. Does this feel overdue for Auckland to have something like this? Oh, definitely. Definitely. This is the construction site of one of the three stations being built at 44 metres underground. And behind me, the biggest escalators in the southern hemisphere are set to be installed shortly. What are the current estimates about the benefit that Aucklanders will see from the city rail link? And how long until it turns a profit or pays back the cost of the building? Oh, look, the benefits are going to be on moving around the city. Once the city rail link opens, it'll be so much easier to travel around Auckland because, in effect, it creates sort of a, a loop. And so, for example, if you're working in downtown Auckland, after work, you can jump on a train and you can be on K Road in six minutes. If you're coming in from West Auckland, South Auckland or East Auckland, you can just sort of go around the city centre quite easily. It's going to triple the capacity on the rail network triple plus over the coming decades, the benefits are going to be enormous. So it's actually going to be an economic boost well beyond people just using the city rail link. It's actually about connecting people. Oh, it is about connecting people, connecting communities and just making sort of getting around Auckland that much easier. Do you think that the ongoing delays for this project are going to sour people on the whole project? Or is it going to be a bit like the Elizabeth Line in London or Sydney's light rail project, that the moment these projects open, people kind of forget that they took so long to get to that point? Yes, I think there's this sort of growing frustration at sort of how long it's taking, the disruption, the rising cost. That's to be expected. But I think once the CRL opens, people will quickly forget about that and they'll love it. There's a lot of talk in Auckland and across New Zealand at the moment about the need for big infrastructure projects. But do you think that the delays with this project could antagonise builders and planners and politicians from committing to these big projects in the future? Not necessarily. There's other big projects underway. There's the Eastern Busway. That's going to be a fantastic project. That's going to be the equivalent of the Northern Busway sort of out in the eastern suburbs. I think there's real concern about light rail and frustration at decision-making on a second harbour crossing. On the topic of that second harbour crossing, why has there been such a delay? Because it, it seems to be quite a large consensus among people who think that we do need something, at least. I think there's been something like eight or nine different reports on a new harbour crossing in the last decade or so, maybe 15 years. Nothing's happened. When Auckland councillor Chris Darby was on this podcast previously, he mentioned that the idea for the City Rail Link was first suggested about 100 years ago, and we're only reaching a point where we're approaching the conclusion of that project now. 
We have taken our eye off the future, not just of Auckland, but the nation, particularly in infrastructure. And we're always looking at what we should have been doing years ago. And the City Rail Link is a classic example of that. It was first suggested in 1924, and it's going to be 100 years between first thinking about it to actually opening it and riding it. Is it worrying that there is this big delay between an idea and something actually being done in Auckland? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's a frustration that's felt by a lot of people, politicians, people planning infrastructure, big construction firms. I don't know what it is, but in New Zealand, it just seems to take forever to get any of these big infrastructure projects off the ground. But how does this ongoing drama compare to other major projects that you've reported on in your time as the Super City reporter? To me, it builds on the Britomart railway station. I mean, that was built and completed in about 2003. And what that really did was it sort of opened the door, if you like, for the revival of rail in Auckland. Then we had the double tracking, electrification of the rail network, which is continuing to this day. I mean, there's work currently going on to electrify the line to Pukekohe. So it kind of builds on where we've come from over the last 20 years and it's going to provide the impetus, I hope, for further sort of developments in terms of rapid transit across Auckland. If you're a betting man, when do you think we'll be able to take our first train trip? Well, Sean Sweeney said that as a ballpark, he was putting sort of six months on it. So sort of mid-2026, I think that's an optimistic viewpoint. I'd like to think it'll be open in 2026, but I wouldn't bet my life on it. Thanks for joining us, Bernard. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.